0: Welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright.
2: And I'm your other sometimes host, Matt Scalina.
0: Matt, how are you doing today? You're, you're my favorite of the two. Just I can say that Adam's far away,
2: but you're my uh, favorite Adam of the two. is not listening to this, but he he will yeah, he and will. he should.
0: We, we shouldn't tell him that I just said that. And we'll see if he makes a comment to see if he actually listens to us or not. Well,
2: I'm going to tell him to listen to this one because, of course, everybody should listen to every episode. But this is a real exciting episode. We got Mayor Stuart Young. From the city of Langford, this is one of Canada's longest-serving mayors. One he has of been f- he has been the mayor of Langford, British Columbia, since December nineteen ninety three. Unbelievable! I mean, and the growth, Tremendous. and the change that Langford has seen over the last say twenty years is just incredible. Mayor Young comes on and and discusses what it's taken to kind of take Langford from. Dogpatch, I think is what he was calling it.
0: Oh, he described it? Dogpatch. One of Canada's fastest growing cities.
2: <laughs> to, and, and according to BC Business, BC's most economically resilient city. So I don't think you can leave this conversation without being excited about Langford, British Columbia. That's for sure.
0: After this interview, if people aren't calling you to sell their lower mainland homes to go to Langford, I don't know what else is going to convince them.
2: Or invest.
0: Or invest. or invest or invest or invest i'm uh, the one thing too that, that that mayor young makes he goes through and he describes how they look at the development community as partners and how for us to grow our community we need them as much as they need us and it's amazing how it sounds like common sense how he explains it and it's it's amazing how some cities have made that process maybe so much longer than maybe maybe they have to i don't want to say they're intentionally doing it but in langford they're so open for business open for development they're here to help you Get homes, they're here to help you build businesses. And they just look at it sounds like they look at business differently than maybe some other communities. Well, and I
2: think it's how he really breaks it down talking about tax base and where the revenue comes from and what the the goals of a city municipal government are. Yeah. And I think his philosophy kind of really makes a lot of sense and is really attractive for a lot of people. And there's a reason why Langford is booming. You got it. Uh, and you got and it. that's for sure. But before we get to our talk with Mayor Stuart Young, Corey, I just received in the mail a knife. And so did you. I, I did. This I was did. at first when I said I, I texted you and Adam and said, hey, we, we just got knives. I think your response made me think like it was like uh, I just texted you and said, there's anthrax uh, in an envelope <laughs> coming to the office. But uh, this is actually kind of an interesting. It, it's a, it's it, a great story. It's this a great. This it's is a great exactly story.
0: why we started this podcast. This so, is exactly why. So
2: Wilson Wong and I, I. I'm hoping he won't be upset that I'm mentioning his name from Edmonton, Alberta. So he sent engraved knives to Corey, myself, and Adam, and he wrote a very nice note. But here's the part that made my heart sing. Yeah, Corey. Yeah. The wealth of knowledge that you provided me on your podcast helped me close my first ever commercial deal in 128 days worth $3 million. That's
0: just, that's the sole reason why we wanted to start this podcast was to create education for people that maybe otherwise thought it was challenging and bring on guests that can help break down and explain the process. And if that's not a perfect example of someone who may or may not have had commercial knowledge before but has listened to the podcast, has probably heard the professionals we've had on. He may have got in touch with professionals locally in Edmonton or maybe some guests on the show and that might have assisted him to get the property. There's not a better example. And it's it's amazing to hear that. And we hope that's not the only story out there. We hope other people have have benefited by this and have also put some of this stuff to work and been able to acquire or expand their portfolios.
2: And if they have... Send gifts (laughs) Uh, because these are really, really nice knives.
0: Amazing. So, so thank you. Thank you to Wilson for sending them amazing gifts. You didn't have to do that, but it's, it's great to hear that this is the podcast has helped you in some small way. Acquire sounds like a great property.
2: Absolutely. But maybe, uh, without further ado, uh, we should cut to our talk with Mayor Stuart Young, but Corey, of course, before we do that. A word from our sponsor. That's right. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. ca okay we're here with mayor stuart young from the city of langford how are you doing today mayor young
1: uh great thanks
2: Yeah. Thanks. uh, Thanks so much for for taking the time to talk with us today. Can we maybe start, you know, a lot of people will know your name on the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. We've talked a considerable amount about Langford in the past, but for listeners who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in Langford. Our family's been here for over 85 years, been the mayor for the last 30 years and been part of the you know the transition from what we used to be called Dog Patch, which was just a bad connotation for our area. And so my goal was to, you know, we had twenty percent unemployment in nineteen ninety two. So my goal was to transition into more of a business oriented municipality and getting to yes, you know, and working with the development community. So they came and invested in Langford, And so we've come a long way. We've got the best sports facilities around. We've got housing for all levels. And we have the lowest taxes in all of the 13 municipalities on southern Vancouver Island. So we're actually doing really well as a city. Even though we're in COVID and people are having a tough time, we'll still have low taxes uh, this year. So we're we're doing really well because we've got a lot of support from the business community and a lot of investment in Lankford and you know, just in, even in the last five years, just people want to move to Langford now it becomes more of a destination, but it's a young family community. The demographic in Langford is the lowest age group in the region. So we've got a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, a lot of people working and, and doing sports and coming out. We fill our stands with rugby and uh, soccer, professional soccer, the national rugby teams here, of course. And so it's just a kind of a vibrant community and we're just looking forward to the future. You know, we're getting a more dense downtown core and university in our downtown core hopefully announced here in a little bit. So you're just going to see a real good transition to a well-rounded community.
2: You know, it's interesting. You're one of the longest serving mayors in Canada and you've been the mayor for seven consecutive terms. And it sounds like, you know, you've seen as you kind of (laughs) implied in the, in the, your answer there, you've seen a huge change in Langford. Can you talk a little bit more about that that transition and and that idea of getting to yes and, and kind of what that took over the course of consecutive terms as mayor?
1: Yep. Uh, well, we started out with, you know, a, a pretty bad situation when it came to taxation. We were raising our taxes 5 6% a year. People were really getting anywhere and people would just be raising their families here and then the kids and everybody would have to leave because there was no jobs here, so it was a bit of a dire strait when I took over. And so I, we knew what we had to do, and that was to increase our tax base commercially and business-wise. And you know, at the same time, we brought in sewers, and that was a big, you know, bonus for us to kind of manage our land base. And once you bring in sewers, and then we started doing the infrastructure improvements, water. So basically we've replaced everything in the last 30 years. For our infrastructure, we are improving our roads. We never had uh, streetlights before, sidewalks or or bike lanes 30 years ago. So we've come a long way so far. We got 363 kilometers of roads in Langford and 93 kilometers of bike lanes and uh, sidewalks. So we're, we're really doing a lot of change as development occurs development pays you know for the improvements in our in our neighborhoods and in our downtown core but we're really fast at rezoning like it's a three-month rezoning process in Langford 48-hour building permit like we roll out the red carpet for business we roll out the red carpet for people that want to build seniors housing affordable housing and basically everything in Langford is affordable anyway even though houses are Eight hundred thousand for a new one is still more affordable in Victoria at one point two, one point three million. So we've always had this young families attracted to the city of Langford, and that's why we're growing. It's people are moving out this way when they want to, you know, put their kids in sports. We've got a, a Y out here, we're brand new. We've got a stadium that holds uh, 6,000 now, soon to be 10,000. There's a lot of improvements that we're doing uh, to our community to make it more and more desirable. Lots of trails, lots of parks, you know, so we're, we're just adding, like we probably had two 300 acres of parks when we first started 30 years ago. Now we've got over uh, 2,300 acres of park. So it's grow as the community grows, we grow our parks, we grow our recreation and we've grown our, business community so that people can actually live in langford raise their family and their kids can actually work in langford and then hopefully we get a university and then basically they will be able to raise their kids their kids will be able to go to university in our town royal roads university has bought the land in our downtown core four acres for the new university so we're just working with the government and uh uvic and commotion college to Uh, put the, you know, the programs together and then the treasury, the provincial government treasury is looking at the program right now. So, you know, we've got a lot of things kind of going on that, you know, tick the boxes for what people want. So, and we have a lot of dialogue with the residents of Langford and they're very supportive of what we've done. Like there's just so much support for, you know, the improvements that we're doing and they want to see change. They didn't, you know, they recognized where we came from. And when we started into where we are today, it's just, you know, Awesome. And we're, we're attracting big businesses, too, like uh, Plexus, the high-tech company, uh, moved out from Brampton, building a $40 million tower in Langford, basically, to uh, move all their people and, you know, buy homes in Langford. And so they have really uprooted and come here because they like the livability of Langford. And, you know, then we had Tesla. We just did a groundbreaking for Tesla this morning for the main service center for all of Vancouver Island and sales. So now people don't have to go to Vancouver. Yeah. So, I mean, every day we've got something going on, you know what I mean? Something new, something fun. And and it's exciting here in Langford. It's so much better than it was before. It was kind of down in the dumps. You know, now you get up in the morning as the mayor and you run around and go, Hey, what's going on? Let's do this. You know what I mean? Everybody's got great ideas and we move forward on them. And, and like I say, we roll out the red carpet for business. We know, that businesses create jobs, they pay high taxes. So we make sure that we give them the respect they deserve. Providing jobs for the residents of Langford that we never had before. You know, people go, Well, why do you, you know, get so excited about a business coming and stuff? I say, Well, because we never had them before. I was I grew up with all my family moving away when they graduated. And I said, At least now people don't realize that we're in such a better position now to position our kids to have a better life, you know, and not have to move away and move away from their family and their support. So that's why it's really important to have the university in your town. So you just kind of go from your house to school. And then when you graduate grade 12, then you go to university. So, And we're lacking. And the only reason why we're pushing the university so much is because the transition from grade 12 to post-secondary education, we're under the BC average. And we need to change that. We need to get our kids educated and give them a better opportunity for jobs. You know, those are exciting things that we're working on and hopefully that will come to fruition.
2: You know, just thinking about how, how exciting it is. And I feel like before we went live, Mayor, you mentioned, you know, in the last five years, it's like, Langford's on everybody's map it seems. But if you could isolate one or two things over the last say 20 years that you attribute to the to the success, you've mentioned kind of courting the business community and and treating them with the respect that they deserve. In terms of like things that have really led to Langford's success, what what are what are the most important in your mind?
1: Well, I think it's cooperation. So understanding what the needs of your community is. I know, and you got to make tough decisions. That's one thing that we do. We don't defer things. Like in, you know, in basically 30 years, I think I've deferred two things off the council agenda. When it's on the agenda, and we approve the agenda. We make a vote on it. It's yes or no and move on. So you don't have to sit around and wait two years or three years for a a decision from a council that's going to be no anyway. If they know it, just make your decision. Right. Get yourself counted and let's move on. So there's no... Waste of time, you know what I mean? And I'm very uh, supportive of dialogue and supportive of needs and issues of businesses. And, you know, we, as we say, we treat them with respect. We want the jobs, we want the resulting tax base, but we do it fairly and we make sure that we're not the impediment. To the new jobs for Langford residents, and we're not the impediment for businesses. We want them excited that they're in Langford, and I want every business in Langford to be successful. And we make sure that we, you know, help them out if they're having tough times. We make sure we go and see them. We have a development officer that goes around and helps them with issues. And so we take it to heart, you know, that they're part of our community, they're the lifeblood of it. And, you know, we may have to, you know, help them along the way or, you know, help them with some advertising or something like that to, uh, keep them going so we're really involved in our business community and if you move to langford or you want to move to langford i drive the people around you know and it's like when they came out from ontario to bring plexus i just drove the guy around and said here, here's a great place here here's this here's that what do you need and he was looking for looking for a place to go i said well here's a great spot it's right by a lake and this and that and that's sure enough he goes in there and he buys it and he's building a 40 million dollar building so you, you know so the relationships between somebody saying I want to invest in Langford and I look at that as an investment so as a politician you don't just dismiss anybody because you never know who they are and what they're going to be bringing to the table and I've had some conversations with the president of Costco and he wanted to do Costco and everybody was turning it down everywhere and I had to phone him and tell him hey can you come out you know to Langford I have a spot for you I'll take your 200 jobs and your five hundred thousand dollars worth of taxes a year and and the community got behind it, and uh, so then they they uh, chose Langford to come and put a building, and that was the start of it. And we ended up with Home Depot. We ended up with all the big box stores within a certain area that we prescribed in the city of Langford. And then we had our downtown core on Goldstream Avenue, and then we had some, you know, housing and uh, uh, smaller stores in another area. So we, we kind of, you know, planned the whole community from scratch, basically, and we filled it all up. And all of them are just running on all eight cylinders you know what i mean It really working well and we had a great official community plan we have abby friedman who's the best in canada he's written 25 books he teaches at mcgill university he's like the best planner in canada we hired him 20 years ago he's been out five times basically he's looked at our ocp He's helped us design it. So we get professionals to help us too. It's not just a bunch of politicians sitting around that never owned a business before going, yeah, well, we, we gotta, gotta stop this or we gotta do that. This is actually a document that he creates for us and we incorporate it into our OCP. But it's done by factual information, experiences in other parts of the world, not just Canada, and best practices, you know, for that. So we take guidance from you know professionals that have actually been there, seen it, done it, built it. And this city, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. And so we've taken the best of the cities around the world and we've been comparing ourselves to them and seeing what works, you know, in Germany, what works in England, what works, you know. So we've we've had seminars where we spend all day sessions and we look at what's working somewhere else in the world and we're not shy to incorporate that into Langford. So it just keeps the buzz going and the excitement of the changes because it is exciting. It's nice to see you know, a bunch of new businesses, a bunch of new restaurants. It's, it's nice to see the new schools, you know, all this stuff. Like we're vibrant, you know, and it's been vibrant for the last, well, it took us about 10 years to to get the changes that we needed to go from dog patch to, you know, something reasonable to you know, raise your uh, city, to raise your family in to where we are today, which is just like it's almost automatic that people are going to come and invest, you know, half a billion dollars in Langford every year you know, so it's working really well that way. And we've got a lot of jobs. We, we actually need more people to move to Lankford so we can have the jobs because we don't have the job force. Like we're tight. So everybody's saying, hey, we need more workers. So it's, it's pretty exciting to see that compared to in the recession. And then in 09, 010, when, you know, things tightened up uh, and, you know, people were losing their businesses and stuff like that. And and uh, we got through that in Lankford. We still had a lot of housing starts we only went down about 20 percent on our housing starts even when everybody else was shut down so we, we did some cool stuff though when the recession was there in 09-10 we waived all our fees for permits in the city we had a big meeting with all the developers and said hey look we need you to keep our people working can you you know continue to take the risk we'll help you with your fees and we'll knock down a bunch of uh, barriers financially that uh, are stopping you from working. And then they went back to work and they hired their people back and they started building housing. So we really never lost a bunch, but we participated in uh, the growth and reduced our costs to make sure that we still had people in Langford working.
2: You know, just thinking about the reputation of Langford and and the way that you're speaking about it here without naming any other cities, it it seems like it's such a contrast from a lot of the other cities in the lower mainland and, and, and on the Island, as I understand as well, it sounds like you're looking around the world, for examples of, of what works. I'm just curious, like, Can you speak to how you're so unique in uh, Southern BC in terms of of your relationship with business and, and how you're approaching growth?
1: Well, so here's the thing. We all got to recognize the municipalities only get money from houses. They're not from your income. That's nothing to do with it. It is basically you're taxed on your house. So we have to be really smart as a municipality and make sure that we don't start taxing for social programs that the provincial government does. We don't start trying to get ourselves elected by wasting taxpayers' money to say, look at me, I'm going to go do this for you. And it's actually nothing to do with sewer, water, or services that you need or sidewalks. And so this is where the politicians make the mistake at the municipal level. They get elected. They don't tell you they're going to spend a whole bunch of money on things that actually you're... They're paying for their house tax and they mix a whole bunch of other stuff that the provincial and federal governments do. So I've tried to keep it really tight and businesslike and make sure that the city does not waste its money on other levels of government. What's they're responsible for? So we draw kind of a line and say these are our core values and core businesses. And this is what we spend our money on. And when you look at it from a point of view, I mean, I pick up the paper every day and I read what these municipalities are doing and go, I would never do that. Right. I wouldn't waste the taxpayers money on that. Like you got to remember, people get taxed at the provincial level on their income and the federal level. So what happens is they've already got they've already taxed us. So why are we taxing houses and income for the same thing? It doesn't make sense. So people need to understand municipalities have to be held accountable for the taxation of the house and make sure that the housing isn't the house taxation isn't paying for what your normal income pays on your your uh, taxes every year when you file them in april so i've tried to make sure that we run the city as a business and so there's only so much money out there so that's why we've been able to keep our taxes you know low we're like the lowest in the whole 13 municipalities and probably the lowest in bc when it comes to communities our size and that was for a reason and the other thing is is i didn't treat development when i first got in 30 years ago in 90 92, everybody was talking, oh, the development people, they're bad. They're bad. Developers are bad. And I'm going, well, actually, they build houses that you live in. They create businesses. You know, they they build roads for me, and they put in the sewer and stuff, and then they turn it over to me for free as a city. I'm going, they're not bad people. What we need to do is treat them as partners. So I changed the rhetoric from, oh, the developers are just going to get their way. Oh, they're making so much money. And, you know, and yet these people, they buy their houses, and they move in, and then they complain so I try to tell people in Langford don't complain right like you don't have to complain about a developer they're the ones that have contributed to our 1800 in, uh, acres that we got in our parks it was all attributable to donations from developers so I work with them and so if I speed up their approval process and we have a defined process that isn't kind of like scary to somebody they're going to invest 50 million dollars in Langford and then we say after three years of running them through the ringer we say oh, no we're not going to do it or we come up with some other story. What we do is we kind of try and get it before the investment is done. A guy can tie up a property for six months without paying for it, go through our process and we won't be the ones holding it up. And then he'll get his zoning and then he carries on. So, but if you, if you got to wait three years for rezoning or go through all these public processes and everything else, well, then that just kills development because people aren't going to sit there and spend 20, 30 million dollars on a project, 40, 50 million even and wait for. The politicians who really know nothing about business and then they go, well, you know, hold on, let them build, you know, five miles of road for us and uh, maybe give us 20 units of their 60 unit development. They don't understand the money and the cost to the development community already. And the benefit of investment in a community is so huge. If you don't continue to have investment in your community and you become stagnant and you have no growth at all and no new businesses, then you're really not doing a service to your community because your community will grow by people, you know, their families, raising families and stuff like that, where you want to be able to make sure that your kids get a job somewhere while they're going to school, when they're going to, you know, university. And then when they get out, they want a job in your community. They don't really want to go move away from their home base. And so we're trying to make sure that we work with the development community. We treat them as our partners. They do a lot for our community. I never have a problem you know, raising money for a cause in Langford. Like we, we raised three hundred fifty thousand dollars to when Haiti had the earthquake. We raised that in Langford and went over there and built a church and built an orphanage, we rebuilt it because it had all crumbled. And our fire department went over there. We had our police go over there and help out. Our building inspector went over. So it's a real community thing. We've had uh, our fire chief go to afghanistan when the war was on basically and and uh, go and train their firefighters over there and then they came to langford we've had you know fire trucks go to belize we've had the belize firemen come to langford and get trained like so we, we we've kind of reached out beyond our borders too to help people and stuff so it keeps the morale good you, you feel good about what you're doing too as well so we try and be innovative and also uh, help out so that you know it's not just all about langford we try and You know, we try and build relationships with other people as well as not just a business oriented thing, but it's a successful model that we've had for 30 years. No question. It's, It's worked really well.
0: Well, I can I can say from the development community that we work within on the commercial brokerage side of the business. Lankford is one of, if not the only city that I know developers are excited about <laughs> when it comes to the development process. And they're very, very eager. And I think it speaks to a lot of how you've approached it from a local community where it's, you know, look at it as a partner, not more or less kind of like, you should be thankful we're letting you build here. Please go sit on the sidelines for 36 months and pay for your property while we think about this. So one thing I've yeah. seen recently too, is there was some recent tower approvals that was in Langford and that in more in the downtown core. Can we talk a little bit maybe more about how you envision the shape of the downtown core and are more towers kind of part of the part of the OCP that you're looking for?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we knew like 20, 30 years ago that, uh, you know, our urban containment boundary where we were supposed to build houses, we knew that we were supposed to take, you know, 60 percent of the growth in southern Vancouver Island was going to be in the West Shore and in Langford. Uh, So the pressure was there already anyway, because we had the land base. But as we started filling out our land base, we started saying, "Okay, there's going to be a time where we're going to have to transition to towers and get people to go up. Otherwise, we're going to be really over full, you know, and, and fill right out to our borders. So what we did last year, working with Abby Friedman and working with our planning staff, we designated some corridors where, Towers can go, and so we published that, and then development community got behind it, and we're investing and in buying homes up, and now we've got uh, I think six or seven towers approved already in the last uh, three four months. Wow! And you're going to see a new modern city, and we want that. We want to have affordable housing. These condo units, you know, we we've got a housing affordable attainable housing program, that if you're lived in Langford for two years, and you want to buy you know, into the market. So we've got agreements now with developers where they build two-bedroom condos for four fifty, and the city of Langford helps up up to seventeen thousand five hundred dollars on their down payment through our affordable housing fund that developers help fund. So we're working with them, and we've got seven hundred people on a waiting list right now that actually want a one-bedroom or two-bedroom condo that they can get assistance from us on their down payment, and that's the big thing. We talk to everybody in our community, and they, you know, that's renting. And they're paying 22, 2300, $2, 2000 for rent right now in a new apartment block, two bedroom. Well, you can actually buy, you know, if you had a down payment, a condo for 450. You're going to be paying the same amount of money, or maybe even a little less, for actually home ownership and getting equity. So that that's what we want to do is get all these young people into housing and own it and take ownership of it, get some equity. That will be way better for them than renting. For- 10, 15 years. So rental's a transition. We need to find a way to go from rental to home ownership for these people that are renting. And once you rent for two or three or four years, you've got a track record of paying your rent. You should be able to get a loan. We give you the down payment and most of the down payment and then you get yourself into a house or, or a sorry a condo. Houses are eight hundred thousand dollars plus and this is really not attainable anymore for people. They need help from their parents, they need help from you know, friends, or whatever to get some money. You know, to put the money down on it. So what we're trying to do is to have the municipality help with the partnership that we have with the development community. Like they put in about a million and a half, two million dollars a year in our attainable housing fund, and they're happy to do it. They just pay it every unit they build. They give us a check for thousand, two thousand dollars. It goes into attainable housing fund, and then we take you know up to seventeen thousand of that, help somebody get into a actual house that's the only way you're going to start to work on the supply and demand side of it we try and build as many units as we can so that we don't fall behind and prices go up just because there's nothing there to buy and you know we're they said that uh we've we've actually built 180 percent of what we actually compared to other municipalities instead of just building what we need and what they tell us we need to build we built 180 percent of the the housing needs. So we're 80% above what we should be doing. And that's a good thing because the other ones are like negative 50%. So the rest of the municipalities actually aren't doing their part in an affordable housing crisis. We're in an affordable housing crisis. We need to build housing units for people. And now we're going to go up uh, in our downtown core. They don't have to have a car. They can qualify for a two-bedroom or one-bedroom unit. That will invigorate our downtown core. It'll be good for students when we have a university in our downtown core. They'll be able to live in these units and go uh, to university right in the downtown core without having to you know, worry about transportation or otherwise. So it works really well. So the model we're doing is just we understand that, you know, the governments can't tax their way out of this problem. What we need to do is actually the municipalities at our level have to provide the supply. We have to get rid of red tape and bureaucracy and actually tackle the problems that we are, you know, municipalities that uh, are really creating roadblocks. This should be really simple. And so we've kept it simple in Langford. And and the other great thing is my staff are so good in Langford. You know what I mean? They they solve problems. They, you know, they call me day and night. We have a good relationship with them all. And, you know, we just make things happen.
2: Can we, you know, you've mentioned... Costco, Tesla, the university. Can we talk a little bit more about what type of jobs you're seeing in, in Langford and what the expectations are kind of moving forward next three to five years?
1: Yeah, in the next three to five years, you're seeing more tech jobs come to Langford. People like living out in Langford. We've got three lakes in our downtown core. So it's about livability now too as well. We just uh, approved a 200 acre industrial park, business park. There's nowhere to go in Southern Vancouver Island for a business park. So we created one with the First Nations and with municipality of the chosen. We combined, put the 200 acres together and now we're running power and water to water to it now. And so uh, it'll be ready to go and have units in it in the next three, four months. So we're, we're getting those type of jobs, which are really important. 200 acres is a large tract of land but it's also going to be two three thousand jobs there so we're just planning for the future to make sure that we have the land available for businesses to be successful and the more land we create instead of tightening it up and watching the prices double as we create a bit more land it makes it more palatable to buy a piece of land for your business so there's those type of jobs and then the government has created some offices in Langford they're Virtual office you can go there and do your work there instead of driving into Victoria you can go to these offices which you can actually do remote work from and but it's not from your home you actually drive to this location so you don't have to drive all the way to Victoria and that's really successful and so what we want to do in the next five you know three to five years is attract more government offices in Victoria so people don't have to get in the traffic every morning and drive all the way into town and The other issue is, you know, it takes a long time and plus parking is expensive in Victoria. And, you know, in Langford, we don't have meters. We don't have pay parking. It's free parking for everybody. So you don't get a ticket when you go to a store for a five dollar popsicle and you come out and you get a ticket for 15 bucks or 35 bucks. I think it is now. And Langford has had a policy. I put that in 30 years ago. I said, we're never going to charge for parking and we never have and we've not put any meters up everywhere we just give everybody 2 hour free parking everywhere 3 hour free parking and and we've got like you know almost 1000 parking spaces in our downtown core already that are free and we'll just continue to do that as development occurs we'll get some revenue and then we go buy a piece of property in our downtown core and we make it a parking lot you know and so people get you know accesses and then later on uh, in the next 10 15 years we have enough land that we can put parkades in and everybody can park their electric car in it with a plug-in, you know, stuff like that. So it'll just be kind of, you know, we're planning the city for the future. We're going to try and make it the most modern city. Right now we have the best infrastructure of anybody on Vancouver Island. It's the newest, obviously we're growing fast, but we're also doing that because we're putting in brand new infrastructure and lots of new buildings in Langford. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we've uh, gone from 12,000 people when I was first mayor to to 50,000 now and, uh, you know, probably, you know, 1,500% increase in our businesses, you know, Uh our our business uh, is that in Langford. So it's been a, you know, a, a really good sort of story for Langford because you can see, you know, the wealth of the community and the excitement in the community, the recreation services, the lakes, the trails, the, you know, it's just made it really nice Like I live here and I would never move you know and this is just an absolute you know I was born here and my family's been here my grandfather and stuff we've been in Langford all these years and we wouldn't move you know and my mom's still here in Langford and you know so wow. and my family so it's it's just you know it just feels like a great place to be and and I'm proud to be the mayor of it you know absolutely it's one of the best best moves I ever did was to become the mayor here and kind of work with everybody and try and make the place better.
2: Well, you just answered the last question, which was, would you consider coming to Vancouver and being our mayor?
1: Yeah,
0: you could probably teach a a few mayors around this province a thing or two, it sounds like.
1: Well, you know, uh, what? the biggest problem I can tell you is for me to go over anywhere and fight the bureaucracy would take me forever to make a change. Bureaucracy and the red tape that is just it's, it's entrenched into these municipalities and they don't move very fast. And I move at a hundred degrees tomorrow. I want to do this. I'll change it. And maybe people think I'm crazy, but if there's a better way to do it, we're going to find it and we're going to do it.
0: I, I, don't I don't think don't there
1: like is. I don't it. think there is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you gotta, like I say, it's it's enjoyable when things go right and that you're seeing improvements it's enjoyable. I don't know how these other you know, politicians go to work every day and their infrastructure is crumbling. They don't fix their sewers and waters and sidewalks. like We're putting all this stuff in brand new just because we got the support of the development community that's paying for all that. And so roll out the red carpet for business is what I tell everybody, because those are the jobs that your people need. And then make sure that your housing supply isn't bogged down with red tape and bureaucracy and take you four years or three years to actually get the supply to market like we can actually approve something in less than three months have them actually building the housing units which makes them affordable then and within a year houses are sold there's not a process here that it i i can't i'm boggled to hear that you know people in vancouver that i know have said well i've owned this place you know by the sky train and it's you know, it's it's zoned for multifamily and it's taken five years for them to even get through the approval process. And I'm going, wow, really? And that's a guy who came over to Lankford, built one hundred and thirty apartment units. He bought it. And with uh, 14 months later, he had them all rented out. And he wow. tells me the story that, you know, that he has this property you know, by the Skytrain. And he said he, he still has not had it approved. And it was I think he said seven years.
2: I think I we may know this guy. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. You probably do. And, and he's a good guy and he's built, I won't mention his name, but he's come over to Langford. He built his first one and he's built three of them now. And his son uh, is over there building now and taking over the the thing. So anyway, he's a good guy and he, he came over to Langford and, and he solved the need for our community. He's built 500 units, 600 units, you know, just, just because, you know, he found out about Langford and came over and it's great because it, he made the supply that we needed in Langford to keep people, you know, in Langford and and uh, be able to, uh, you know, have a have a nice place to live, not a basement suite or you know somewhere where they are a little bit, you know, uh, wasn't as good as what it could be for them. And so these new facilities, new buildings, new parks—it just everything's just fresh.
2: You know, just thinking about kind of a, a last question about Langford here. I mean, the, the population growth has been incredible in terms of projections. If you've approved, it sounds like four or five towers in the last couple of months for the for the downtown core. What do you see for growth in the next five, say, 10 years? Uh,
1: it'll be about the same. It'll, it, we think that uh, when you're doing towers in the downtown core and building a new modern city, There's a general excitement about it right now, you know, because you're taking down 1940s wartime homes, some really dilapidated housing units. And I love to see them, you know, get demolished and get out of there and then have these new modern buildings up and That's really important to a downtown core. Your downtown core is not vibrant when you're walking by, you know, buildings that have had no repair or maintenance on them for 20 years. Right. You know, they just they're just not nice buildings that we have but most of them have been bought up now in our downtown core. So I would say 90% of the people in our downtown core are, have sold or are willing to sell right now. So there's a real transition out of the neighborhood to say, okay, yeah, we, we support the towers, but also there's $600,000 houses selling for 1.5 million. So, you know what I mean? Like, so now they have an opportunity to move out and go buy right. something new or go invest somewhere else or, you know, that. So they, you know, the market, is driven by demand and basically there's a lot of demand for housing right now so it makes sense so what do i see i see a really vibrant downtown core with you know restaurants and everything underneath these towers that we're building daycares uh, we just approved one that was 24 stories or 22 stories and 20 stories and uh it has a 300 person daycare in it you know as part of the the development which is it's just great like to see that type of stuff in our downtown core and then restaurants you know they the towers that they're there's a couple applications coming in where they're building some 26 or 24 22 story uh towers and they're bringing in restaurants you know they're talking cactus club earls things like that which you know is for a young community like ours they're going to do really well every restaurant does well in langford because there's so many people working in the trades they're out eating they're out having drinks You know, it's kind of a vibrant, you know, community, but it's a safe community, too. Like, you know, we have a large complement of RCMP officers. We don't shy away from buying policemen. We buy a lot of them. And uh, every year we add three or four, you know, and the support staff that goes with it. So we're not uh, scared to spend the money on uh, uh, policing to keep our community safe. And they do a heck of a job, the RCMP in, in Lankford. And the safety of our community doesn't go unnoticed. You know, people
0: like it, Mayor. We've we've taken up probably more time than we were probably allotted to with you. We really appreciate you breaking down Langford, and I can I can probably say if every listener on this podcast isn't selling your house over here, moving to Langford by Monday, I don't <laughs> I don't know what more the mayor could do. I, I'm sold. I'm in.
1: If your house is worth two million in Vancouver and you can come over to Langford and buy the same house for eight hundred to a million dollars and it's brand new, it's it's probably a good move for a lot of people it's, it's,
0: because it's, that's <laughs> what a lot of people. Are. You don't have to twist. A lot of people are doing
1: arms. that. I hear that. Yeah.
0: So, mayor, before we let you go, we have a, a six pack of lighthearted questions. We ask you to kind of get to know you a little bit more outside of the office. Do you have just a few more minutes for us? Okay. Our six pack is powered by our good friends over at red point law for all your commercial legal needs. Visit them at redpointlaw.ca. Okay. First question up mayor, and we're going to give you an easy one. Favorite movie.
1: Well, that's a, that's a difficult one. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't really have I fa- I don't really do it, but uh, probably um, the Star Wars movies. What one of those? That's they're they're fun to watch. Yeah,
2: good choice. So I, good choice. That, that type. What songs on repeat in your car right now?
1: I listen to Neil Diamond. I listen to. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really listen to a lot of music, but I listen to the classics, right? Like things like that when I'm driving around, so I don't get too distracted.
0: Favorite vacation spot when you find the time?
1: Uh, Cabo San Lucas.
0: Oh, that's a good one. That's a good choice. That was an
2: easy one. One book you would recommend all our listeners read?
1: Um, the Langford Zoning Book. I,
2: don't <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you're you're a busy guy. Huh? I, I
1: I don't read books. So, you know, <laughs> the Rob Report magazine or something like that, yeah. or, or the du- DuPont registry. I like looking at cars
0: and doing stuff. No, this one you can pick a few because we don't want you to, we don't want you to feel like we're asking to pick your favorite kid, but favorite bar or restaurant to try to visit in Langford when you have the time.
1: Well, I own a few restaurants, but I won't say mine, but I will say that. Uh, Right now, the one I go to is called Liberty Kitchen. It's a new one in Langford at the Belmont Market. And that's a great place to go for lunch and dinner.
2: Oh, great. Great choice. Great choice. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time again, uh, Mayor Stuart Young. That was a a phenomenal conversation. And uh, yeah, I have a feeling the ferry is going to be busy when this comes out next week.
0: And for all of our listeners that want to find out (laughs) more what's going on in Langford, how can they find out more?
1: Well, just phone uh, 478-7882, the 250-478-7882, and really connect with our development officer. And she's the promoter of Langford that we've hired. And her name is Donna Petrie.
0: Oh, great. Well, thank you so much once again, Mayor. We really appreciate
1: it. Yeah. And if somebody wants to come over and they're looking at investing in Langford, then... Just call City Hall that same number and get a hold of me and I'll drive you around and show you about and, and see where we can fit you in.
0: <laughs> that sounds amazing. All right. well, well, thank you so it's much, incredible. Mayor Young. We really appreciate your time today. And and it was an incredible, incredible, uh, incredible episode.
1: Okay. Awesome. Okay, Great. thanks, guys. Thanks, Mayor. Yeah, thanks. Take, care. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: There you have it, folks. Our interview with Mayor Young. Of Langford. And like I said in the intro, if you don't have a for sale sign on your house by the end of this episode, there's nothing more the mayor can do. He will drive you around.
2: So this is the thing. I remember going on a a bus tour, an investor tour to Langford a while back, and it was with uh, Investment Revenue Realty and Dave Steele's team that was building condos over there. And I thought, wow, they're driving everybody around on a bus. This is great. I didn't realize I could have called Mayor Young and actually just driven around with him instead.
0: He, he would, yeah, he would have taken the bus for a tour. For, yeah. No, it, you know, what, here's the one thing, too, right, is it's an amazing story from his family being there for as long as I have him getting into politics, becoming the mayor, had a clear vision, it sounds like, of what it is and just how they approach the development community. And the business community, and yeah. it's, it's, it's easy to see where you have smaller towns and where people that have grown up in smaller towns, they want them to remain small. And that's great. And that can happen. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's challenging to grow your infrastructure and your community without having dollars brought in by developers and all that stuff. And it seems like they've sort of taken around a, a the outside know, of the box approach a little bit. But we're very focused on what they wanted. They've achieved it, and for those listeners who haven't been to Langford, I encourage you to go. It's great.
2: It, it is great. It's great. Yeah. No. No question about that. I, I actually, our bus stopped at the Costco. You mentioned yeah, the, the Costco. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was right outside the Costco in Langford. But it is uh, no such an exciting community, and man, if like we said, if it's such an attractive community to yeah. uh, to be a part of, and well positioned too. And we didn't really talk about. I mean, they're doing really amazing things with sports. We just. We didn't get there. Well, it's you
0: know we had we two of our members in our
2: Victoria office. They were both
0: rugby seven players and also rugby seven Olympians this right, past Canadian year, Canadian Olympians. And they trained at the facility there. And I remember one time I was over in Victoria. Connor, braid from our office there, took me down there and showed me where their facility was, their training facility, but also the field and the stands. This is not what you expect to see. Yeah. In Langford, it's phenomenal. And he talks about how they're going to expand that for concerts. And for, for sporting events. And even
2: the number of housing starts, like I, it's such a a vision for what Langford will become. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's, and even the, all the infrastructure he talks about, it's just, it's man, right guy. Well, we had that Uh, project
0: that we launched probably nine months ago now in Langford, which is 100% under contract now with I think 96% sold. We've got two units, I believe two units, maybe three that they have subject removal middle of this month. And that project will be a hundred percent sold in nine months, that speaks to the desire for people to get into Langford. when projects like that are selling out that fast. That's, you yeah. know, anyway, I think it's 130,000 square feet of industrial. It's incredible. Incredible. So. Incredible.
2: Well, maybe we'll leave it there, Corey, this week, but how can people find out what you're doing over at William Wright? They're
0: welcome to visit us anytime at williamwright.ca. They can call our Vancouver office at 604-428-5255. Let us know what they're looking for. We'll put them in touch with the best professional within the province for their asset class or they can always send me an email, Corey at williamwright.ca. Always happy to talk real estate.
2: Fantastic. And of course, these episodes do live at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com with write-ups. So if you're looking for a synopsis, vancouverrealestatepodcast.com, where all things real estate related live. And Corey, maybe we'll leave it there, but uh, we'll be back next week. And I got to say, another, every every episode gets better. It's more uh, exciting every time.
0: Thanks for listening, guys.
2: Have a good week.
1: Subscribe today.